Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Alicia, my side, my left, and sometimes my right. The fabulous Miss Tony is on her way into the chat room. We're talking and talk today about women on the move. We have three fabulous. Actually, we have four fabulous guests today. We have Sharon Bennett and Patrice Moore. They actually wrote uh, this awesome book called Shoe Fetish. Uh, we met them in Atlanta at the AANBC Awards, and y'all know how me and Miss Tony loves a smooth book pitch, and that is exactly what they had. They had a real smooth book pitch. Um, we also have Letitia Actions Jackson. Jackson, who we actually met there as well, and we have Alden Johnson. Now, we met her at the um, Harlem Book Fair, and it just so happened that I was doing a Facebook Live, and somebody said, do you have any sci-fi off? And we were just walking, I'm like, no, I haven't seen any of those, and we went, we ate, we came back, and boom, there she was. And she had a smooth book pitch as well. So, you know, we always have to get those those quality authors here for you on the chat. It's a fabulous show today. We want to let you know that we love to celebrate literature and art the royal way. And I say art as in everything. We have really, really grown on our show. We started with just doing books, just something on the side, because we were doing Real Raw Radio um, as well. And it has just expanded. We've had CEOs, music producers, singers, rappers, actresses, doctors, lawyers. We've had some of everybody on our show. We just want to thank everybody for your support always supporting and listening to Let's Chat. And if you don't want to log into Blog Talk to listen to us, you can always catch us as a podcast on any podcast app as well as iTunes. That's right. You can catch us chat on iTunes as well. <laughs> we want to make sure that you guys always know that there are hot, hot reads, everyone. So head over to Amazon. Make sure you pick up that. A good girl's journal, a journal of a good girl's journal of a dirty little secret, of dirty little secrets. Now that's by author Zoe Truth, and this is an erotic book. So enter at your own risk. And when I say erotic, you do get an erotic experience. So 
enter at your own risk. But if you want a good erotica, check out author Zoe Truth. And then you can always head over there if you want a little street lit, pick up that Byron Carey's uh, Clouded Judgment. That's available as well. And then we don't want to forget Miss uh, Chastity Adams. She has Treacherous Desire and Hearts United as well if you're looking for a good read. And as always, Reese World Publishing. We have Love, Truth, and Consequences 1 and 2 by the author Tasha Demay. Now that, she dabbles in BDSM, but it is not real, real hardcore. So if you want something a little different with a little twist, make sure you pick up author Tasha Demay. And then we have Laces, a forbidden love story. Now, Black Rose, who is Talisha Harden, she has the smoothest pen I know. I don't know. It is about being able to transition um, her work from, like, character to character, chapter to chapter. It's just really smooth. So if you are looking for a good read, a smooth pen, pick her up. And if you are into a Christian nonfiction book, we have The Journeys We Take in Life, and that's by author and pastor Rosa Arnold. Uh, we also have CEO Reese Flint. He has Cross Out. Um, Jugman and Gumby. So if you're looking for some good good reads, make sure you check out Reese World Publishing. And then of course we have Mika Pre Presents. We have the fabulous Imani Black Widow and her Sinful Lust. We have author S. Chameleon and you know she's writing that devious deception one and two and dirty little secrets. She also has um, another book called, um, I have to get the name of it, Breaking Through the Silence, um, Living with Mental Illness. Um, That is her newest book, and it is really good. If you're looking for her books, you can catch them on Amazon as well as QueenCityBullies.com. I believe all of Nene Capri Presents books can be uh, caught on QueenCityBullies.com as well. We're going to take a brief break, and then when we come back, fabulous fetish crew, Sharon Bennett and Patrice Moore. We're going to rock some of this Lou Marley. And Yo Gotti is an exclusive. Shout out to Bird School Records for sending us this. It is not out yet, but it is coming. This your boy Yo Gotti. To my muscle, bitch, I'm living. Yo, God, it told me he got work. I said, OG, let's get it. Hey, do my dirt with no co-defendant. I know they snitching. 30 years, reals, but he broke. That boy got no ambition. I was 16, triple beam, leaning on him. No, the street couldn't hold me. They triple teaming on me. I remember telling Frank, boy, I want a bag. Now I'm shopping with my bitch. All she want is Chanel. Went to sleep, count sheep. I woke up, count money. 
if it's right for the price, tell him I said money. Remember, I ain't have a pot to piss me. Started whipping, 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 now look how I'm living. Chili in it, big got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that walker flocker got that flame on. Just me sugar with my rich home. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live this life for real. A hundred twenty carries, don't get yourself embarrassed. But I paid for the cross, I could have bought a navy. Four thousand thirty two grams, say one. Home damage chain is what I paid for just one. When I was young, they labeled your board, damn fool. Twenty two's enough on my Benz truck and my old school. You get the picture, the money, it ain't the issue. Six figures before the rap game, now I'm a little richer, homie. Still a real nigga, yeah, and I do real shit, man. West fucking round with Starship to my whole creek. Run down the spring field, nigga, get it how you live. Real recognized, real and don't pay the fucking bill. Broke niggas on chill, got it on them things in the fast lane. Burning brain, bumping Jake and I live. I represent no Memphis, motherfucker. And this is how I live, motherfucker. This your boy, you got it. Hey, 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 got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that walker flocker got that flame on. Just be chugging with my rich home. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live this life for real. I really do this shit for real. This I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live this life for real. You are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, we are back. We are back. Well, I am back. I'm waiting for T to step into the chat room, but I am Leisha. I am the CEO of Right Royalty Promotions. Also, I'm the COO of Reef Rope Publishing. We are talking to talk today about women on the move. We're going to bring in our two special guests, the fabulous Sharon Bennett and Patrice Moore. Hello, Alicia. How hey, are you Sharon, today? How are you? I'm I am good. I am good. <laughs> good to hear your voice. Absolutely. You know, when we saw you guys at the AAMBC Awards, mm-hmm. you know, you you guys threw us through a loop when you pitched that book. We was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> tell everybody, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then tell them about your book, Foot Fetish. Oh, it's it's shoe fetish, and um, it's oh, a book sorry, about the, that's that's all right. A book about development and growth, uh, ups and downs in life that we go through, and how we need to improve our bonds as a sisterhood, and help each other to get over those humps we go in through in life. Uh, we want to improve or expand upon our self love, self worth, self esteem. And so I'm Sharon, one of the authors, and I've been writing a long time, but I've just started publishing the last few years. And so I'm a mother, grandmother, friend, sister. And then we also have B on the more we like call her B versus Beatrice, but either one will do. 
she can tell you about herself. Now, I don't see her quite, quite yet. Oh, she's been texting me. She's on there. Okay. Well, that's my call What's plan. Her, my uh, call... Inbox. So, B, if you're on the line, B, we want you to press your ones so that we can bring you in. Mm-hmm. I see her. There she comes. Hey, how are you? Hi. I've been on since the beginning. I could hear you guys, but you could not hear me. <laughs> so oh, hello right. there. <laughs> that okay, so we right. got that Welcome little, to the yeah. chat room. But thank you. Thank you for <laughs> inviting us and having us on. We are very excited and uh, Sharon has given you a little bit of the background about the book, and I am B, and I'm just happy to be here. So let's just keep it moving. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, what made you guys co-write this book together? Well, um, I'll answer the next question. I uh, We've been friends since sixth grade, and mm-hmm. so we know each other wow. very well. Yeah, unusual to find people who can maintain friendships for that long, and that's one of the reasons why uh, the book is so powerful, because we do talk about the bonds of sisterhood and how we have to learn how to love one another. And so Sharon had the idea of creating a fiction novel, and as we had our sister conversations over the miles, because we have not actually lived in the same city since we were in, I think, the 12th grade, uh, <laughs> our conversations okay. have been over the phone. And so mm-hmm. as she came up with the idea, I said, well, I have a title in my head. I don't know what to do with it, but I want uh, to do something. And so we just conspired and uh, got going that way, and it was a mutual um agreement to get started that way. Uh, I did much of my writing on planes as I traveled for work and in airports and hotels, and uh, we managed it somehow, and here we are today. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Y'all wish y'all could see these two. She said sixth grade. She She's dated them a little bit, but you can't tell. These two are fabulous, okay? Let me tell y'all. Well, we're, we, we just fabulous. got out of sixth grade ten years ago. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That that just happened. It was just yeah. real, real quick. <laughs> yeah. Now, what? Um, how do you guys balance everything? Because, like, Sharon, you're a grandmother. You know, you're a mother. B, you work, you travel. How do you guys balance all of that and still write? Because you're working on books. Now, how is that that balance and that process going? Wow, um, it's not easy. We manage through God's strength. Um, like you said, I'm a grandmother, and actually, when we were writing this book, I was the granny nanny. So I work night shift in the ICU, oh. and I get off in mm-hmm. the morning and take care of the newborn grandson. And I only slept when he slept for two or three hours a day. And so every other time I'm just writing or recording. That was my best friend, my little recorder in the car, recording, recording. And when I got spare time, when I'm off, you know, a few days a week, 
that's when I type it up, and B and I would conversate, and then we use um, the laptop a lot, you know, sending, this is what I have, what do you think, really, what do you want to and add to each other's stuff, and that's how we did it. it is, yeah, it, it's difficult. It's 24-7, but, you know, when you do something that you really love, it, it's not like, it's, it's positive, you know, it's, it's a happy thing. You, you love doing it. So it doesn't really seem like something negative at all. Yeah, and I'd Absolutely. like to add, MB. yeah, uh, yeah. I just want to add one other thing to that. And and Sharon hit the nail on the head. If you don't have a passion about it, it seems like work. And mm-hmm. so in many ways, it was uh, a valve to just release a lot of things that were pent up inside. That you, instead of talking to mm-hmm. someone, it was like journaling. And yeah. so in many yeah. respects, it was uh, something that was healing for us as well. You know, and it's a gift. It's our gift to the readers. Mm-hmm. To, we want to create a shared experience. And, and so the balance there, it was as much helpful for us as, it was, as it's, we hope it to be to the readers. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, is this your first book that you guys have penned, or have you guys written separate books? Um, between each other? Um, Together, this is the second. The plan is for this book to be a trilogy. So there was Shoe Fetish 1, A Woman's Love for Her Shoes and Her Men. And then the story continues in this book, Shoe Fetish 2, Grown into High Heels as they transition into womanhood. Mm -hmm. Sharon is being modest. Yeah, Sharon is being modest. She's also know. written some other things. <laughs> Man, y'all, when she, when she was telling us about this book, I was like, what? You got to break it down, Sharon. You got to break it down with book one. Cause you, you can break it I'm telling y'all. <laughs> so these young, the book, book one takes off with these young girls as friends in school, much as how we started out. And they go through life on their own, learning about relationships, making a lot of mistakes, ups and downs. And they end up in um, relationships that are socially unacceptable, that may be abusive as well, and unfortunately even death for one of them. Okay. And so as mm. they go through this and learn and get through the psychological hurdles, uh, they're going into womanhood, graduating school, college, and then uh, getting their careers going and still dealing with some issues, as many of us know, follow us along. So as we like to say in the book, you know, we love shopping, and when we get hurt and wounded, we tend to subconsciously replace that by going shopping and buying something. And for women, mm-hmm. it's things of performance, right? Shoes, clothes, jewelry. Yeah. And that's what we do. And we get so many shoes sometimes that the boxes line our closets like tombstones as a relation to dead relationships that didn't work. Mm. Booyah. Yes. You better talk that talk. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Oh, my God. She said, like, tombstones, y'all. Did y'all... Cold stones, their relationships. I know that's right. Y'all better go get y'all one foot gone, because I already got mine going. 
Now, what age did you did each of you decide that writing was something that you wanted to do? Did you originally start earlier in life and then kind of stop, mm-hmm. or has it been something that's been consistent throughout your life? Well, I've written uh, for the last 25 years, but my writing for the most part has been, <laughs> believe it or not, math textbooks. Algebra 1, Algebra 2, middle school books for a major publishing company. <laughs> so I've that been writing... sounds like Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing for a very long time, but it's been very technical. And uh, But I always wrote poetry as a child, and I never ventured into short stories or anything like that. My love was writing poetry. And uh, so this has been a way to exercise the other side of my brain and be creative on the other side. So instead of being creative with things associated with numbers, it's um, the life stories that we all hold. And there are really no new stories. It's just the way that you put it together in a new way that's going to resonate with people. So uh, there's always been a love of writing. Uh, in there for me, but it's mostly been with poetry. So this was uh, just a great opportunity, and I really thank Sharon for um, contacting me. And as we talked, she just shared her vision, and it became a shared vision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and I've always loved reading since childhood, first grade, second grade, you know, just reading as many books as I could, especially during the summer, and I've always had a diary and as I grew older, a journal. So I've always loved reading and writing, and I would do little short stories. I loved when that was that opportunity to turn them in at school, but I did them at home. I've had so many diaries and journals and papers everywhere before we condensed everything. And, you know, my kids used to say, well, you going to do something about that? There's just paper everywhere. What are you going to do about that? And I'm like, uh, huh. That's a good question. <laughs> so I did poetry, too. I published three uh, poems, and then I said, well, let's take this further. Let's do a book, and I decided to do one on, like, family history and my father's civil rights activities, and that was my first published book. And then I wanted to do fiction, to use more of what's in all those papers everywhere in my nightstand and all over the house, and that's... Uh, when I was talking to B, like she said on one of our sister talks, and, you know, what are you doing now? What's going on? You know, and I tell him, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and it just grew from there. But here it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what was the hardest part about writing this book, especially writing together? Because even though you guys are friends, everybody, you each have a different writing style. Um mm-hmm. the, B talked about writing textbooks. And so mm-hmm. how was that transition and and being mm-hmm. able to put everything together and come together as one in this book? I, I think the most question. Yeah, uh, I think I think the most uh difficult thing was that we don't live in the same city. And so a lot of our conversations had to be through email or phone calls. And uh, it, and if you're not face-to-face with somebody, it just really hurts the communication process. So that was one of the most difficult uh, things that we had to get get over. I, I think, though, that because we were able to have stories told from different perspectives, it gave a, a multidimensional way of looking at something. 
So when you have your point of view and someone else brings to the table a different slant, uh, they're able to add another layer to what you already have to enrich it. So in a lot of ways, it was very productive. It was very positive. And there have been times as we love one another, we just have to say, well, on this we just have to agree to disagree <laughs> and learn how to compromise yeah. and be and be the okay. adult women in the room that mm-hmm. we want to be able to position ourselves to show people that a lot of things are possible, but it's going to be some give and take. So I, I think on just from my perspective, just the communication process uh, was hindered by the distance and not being able to be face-to-face, elbow-to-elbow, to sit and have those face-to-face conversations and talk through things because it's just so much easier that way, much more efficient as well. So that's my take on it. And Sharon, what's your take? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Uh, I prefer we be, you know, in the same room. But you got to do what you got to do. And like she said, I, I really think the different uh, perspectives added layers to the story, enriched it more. And so it might be like you would say a double-edged sword. It had its positives, mm-hmm. which we took away, which ended up being this wonderful thing, shoe fetish, but it had its negative too because we couldn't be right there. So we have to pull our meetings when we could. And you you have to have the give and take, and you have to have the love and respect for each other. You know, it it can't work if it's me, 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 I, I, I. You know, you have to have the respect for each other. If someone wants to do, you know, their part that way, then it's like, okay. You know, but you have to also be open enough and willing enough to listen to what the other person says and how important it is for them to express something that they're expressed. Can't be very real sensitive, you know, getting hurt feelings about everything kind of like. You know, and, and let me add, yeah, and let me add something else to that. And uh, Sharon, I don't know if you remember uh, how we felt about this or not. When we were creating the cover for the second installment of She mm-hmm. Fetish, we, uh, Sharon had worked very diligently. We kind of brainstormed, and uh, we had these ideas, and we had these mock-ups done, and we liked version <laughs> say two, and and she and I were in agreement. We liked that one, but we had like four or five different ones out there. And then we, I said, well, you know, let's put it out there, and let's kind of test market it and send it out to some people and let them give us some feedback. And guess what? The one that Sharon and I liked, nobody. It was like we said, pick your top three. It didn't even make most people's top three. So that was one time where we could have made the executive decision, we're going to go with what we like. Yeah, but instead we listened to the people. And, you know, you just you grow and you learn. Sometimes what, what you think is what everybody will like, and you don't know what people think until you ask them. And so what we thought was going to be relative uh, slam dunk because we both immediately gravitated toward the same cover and really loved it. Yeah. And then people came back, and that's not the one that they wanted. But then we, we had sense enough to know, you know what, if the people have spoken, let's go with what they say. So we, we, we grow. We learn. We grow. And we may not always like what other people say, but we learn and we grow. Yeah, to keep an open yeah, mind. absolutely. Now, we always like to give a fun, fun question. So I pose this to both of you. If you could have a superpower, 
what superpower would it be? Wow. I'd like, I'd like the power of flight. I would like <laughs> to be able to fly because I fly on airplanes all the time, and I just wish I could be out there amongst those clouds and be able to fly everywhere and just have that bird's-eye perspective because when you're looking down, there are no borders. We have artificial uh-huh. borders and, and barriers that uh, mankind has created and placed out there to keep us separate and apart from one another. But the gift of flight would just allow one, I think, to have more freedom of movement and just I, in a very spiritual way just be closer to the heavens. So I would just love the the superpower of flight. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yes, wow, my superpower is like a combo. I wish I had the power to save, protect, or heal every child from abuse or every woman, especially in other countries where they're still devalued and treated like property. If if I could mm-hmm. remove everyone from that type of life, I, I would love to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I do have a question because you guys both dabble in poetry. Have you ever thought about putting together a book of poetry amongst the both of you? No. No. <laughs> we put it in book one. Uh, no. That poetry. Yeah, we put it within the shoe fetish books. Each each one has poetry, mm-hmm. uh, more so in book one. Um, but no, we're kind of working on a workbook actually to go with shoe fetish right now. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's good a idea. Great idea. Good idea, girl. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So after we finish shoe fetish three and the workbook, we go with the yeah. 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 Great. 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 We have something else to look forward to. Yeah. More work. <laughs> We love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are more than welcome. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. Oh. <laughs> now, what can we look? What can we look forward to in book two? I know she gave us a, a brief, uh, a brief little summary or line about what was going to, you know, book two was going to be about. But what can we kind of mm-hmm. look forward uh, that you guys are going to bring in part two? Well, your the characters are more developed. Uh, it takes place a couple of years later. It picks up where book one left off. Uh, there is more uh, instability that comes across in their lives. Uh, one of the characters has been very stable in relationships, and she encounters great instability. Um, the other character finds love. So it's uh, just uh, our normal growth and development, and we expand on the things that happen in book one. I can't say too much because then I'll give it all away, and we really want you to read. So book one leads into book two, and there's further growth and development. And on the end of the book, we put some uh, little pearls in there about a correlation of men to type of foot problems, like Mr. Corn, Mr. Callis, 
Mr. Yeah. Mr. Bunyan. <laughs> Mr. Bunyan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bunyan. There's, Ms. there's also Mr. Hill left. There's not, they're not Mr. all negative. Hill, yeah. there's, there's some yeah. positive ones in there also. Yeah, yeah. So we, we talk about them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Lord. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, what, what were the biggest, what was the biggest learning experience or surprise that you learned um, that each of you had learned about about yourself during this writing process. Oh, I learned that it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. Your past is your past. It made you who you are today. Don't dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Don't keep it inside. Heal. Move on. Move on. You're not living life if you're stuck thinking about what happened yesterday. You might live yeah. life. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of being here. That's the purpose of being here. Though it hurt, yes, it did, but it was for a purpose. What was the purpose? What did you learn from it? Take that, shed the rest, move forward. That's what I learned. That was yeah. Yeah, I learned that we are more alike than different. And when I say we, I mean the collective mm-hmm. we. As you mm-hmm. talk to women, no matter what part of the country they reside in, our shared life experiences. We may not all have the exact same experiences, but if I gave you a list of 10 things that I went through that made me happy and 10 things that really made me sad, uh, my list probably would not be that much different from yours. And so it's just that whole acceptance and, and learning that we are so much more alike than we are different, and regardless of what era you grew up in, your age, uh, whether you are a young adult or um, a seasoned woman, uh, that if you have not had those experiences yet, like my grandmother would say, keep a living and you'll get there. So, uh, yeah, it it was a learning experience. It's just a shared sisterhood, and I think that's why a lot of the stories uh, in the book just really resonate with the readers. Yes, yes, I agree. That's mm-hmm. right. And, and and especially with with reading, we actually talked about a little bit about this yesterday. Uh, we we touched on show versus tell, and I had made the statement that the difference is when you're showing a reader, you're actually mentally and emotionally bringing them into your world as an author. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and that makes your story or whatever it is that you're writing about relatable to them. And yeah. And I'm glad that you guys touched on that because it is so very true. And it's it's funny because my mother had uh, she passed recently uh, in February, oh. and that is like my new thing, oh. just live. Because mm-hmm. it, I just feel like we we work all the time. We I think it was um, who I want to say it was TD Jakes. It might not have been TD Jakes that talked about how how we hustle. And we hustle for our whole life, and I don't care what color you are. You're working all day, every day, all the time, but you're working for what? You know, you're, yeah. you're working to do what? Because you're not really living. You're just working to, to mm-hmm. what, have stuff, mm-hmm. but you still haven't yeah. lived. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when people pass, we're like, oh, my God, they just yeah. didn't live life. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that, and it's, it's it is sad that when people pass, that's the only time we think about things that we should be doing to better ourselves. Um, oh, yeah. But like you were saying, 
um, Sharon, that everything happens for a reason. And sometimes it's there for a stop sign for you to stop and take pause and take note of yourself. What do you think yes. about oh, that? Wow. Yeah. I, I so agree. That's, it's a painful thing, but it is part of life cycle. And we have to pause mm-hmm. to enjoy life and take advantage. When you see someone or you know someone, make sure they know you love them. Say something, spend time with them. Those are the true riches in life, not things. Not things, because when they're gone, are those things going to hold you? No, what's going to keep you are the memories and the internal love for them. That's what's really important. Yeah, and and then, yeah, and and in addition to that, the other side of the coin is work. And that, you, as you said, some of us just work to make a living, and we don't, we're not Mm -hmm. able to enjoy life. But that's why it was so important for me to follow what I was passionate about and make it a way to make my living so that the time that I spent actually working was enjoyable because it was a necessity. Mm -hmm. It was a necessity. A lot of us have to work. And when Mm -hmm. you're in a situation where you must work, then it's got to be something that is enjoyable. And, And I was able, God blessed me with a way to be able to work where I was able to include my family. And mm-hmm. so many of the mm-hmm. things that I had to do that allowed them to travel with me and we were able to do things that otherwise we would not have been able to do. So it is right. so important. And, and I grieve with you because I lost my mom and mm-hmm. my sister within a year and a half of one another. Yeah. And oh. I had one sister and uh, no brothers. And, you know, very small family. We could all fit in a minivan for a family reunion. Uh, but, <laughs> but God has blessed me with uh, when I um, married uh, my husband, he had three children. I had three children. And so we have a blended family of six, and we have five grandchildren and one on the way. And so uh, definitely taking time for family. But for those of us that must work, just follow your passion and make your passion your work, and you never feel like you worked another day in your life. You just enjoyed what God had gifted you, and just use yes. those gifts that he gave you to do do work for him also, and uh, yes. everything will be all Absolutely. right. Yeah. I, I agree, because I'm going to add, add to that. that as an, oh, you want to? Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, well, no, I was I'm just going to add to that. Ahead. I try to use it as a ministry uh, when I work, you know, in the hospital. It's I use that time as a ministry. There's always an opportunity to help someone, to engage someone, to listen to someone. And so it's just never wasted. But I, I don't do that 80-hour, 90-hour week thing anymore. No, that for what? No, don't, no. We don't do that. <laughs> that that's not helpful. You've got to take time for yourself. Yeah, you've yeah. got to take time for yourself. Because you if you're not healthy, you can't do anything for anybody. And you got to be healthy mentally, spiritually, and physically. And a lot of times as women, we ignore our health because we're so busy uh, taking care of everything else and everyone else, and we ignore that. And then what good are we uh, to those who we love? We're not even able to show them the 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 love because we're too exhausted to do it. So we do have to learn how to take time for ourselves and and, and love our families and just be with them. So that's very important also. And our characters in the book, 
they're a manifestation of the things that we're talking about because all of these mm-hmm. things that we're talking about, they happen in the book. Like I said, we're so much more alike than we are different, and this this is why this just really resonates with people. I definitely agree with that. I was wanted to add to what you guys were saying because living life um, is really a way of giving back to God and, and thanking him for all that he's done for you. When, you, when you're not living life, it's kind of like um, in the Bible they talk about when he gives gifts. Life is a mm-hmm. gift, and so if you're not yeah. living it, you're, you're burying the gift that has been given to you. So I'm yeah. glad that you guys touched on that and, and, and was able to share that with our guests, with our listeners as well. Now, before you guys head out of the chat room, I want you guys to shout mm-hmm. out your social media, um, your books, and when book two will possibly be available. Well, Sharon, you've got all oh. those memorized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook, Shoe Fetish Movement. We're also on Instagram, shoe underscore fetish underscore the number two. And that's book two that is out and available now on Amazon.com as well as uh, Barnes & Noble, Ingram, Books A Million, all the major outlets. And it's Shoe Fetish 2, Grown Into High Heels. You can hit us up through our publicist or you can go to our website, Shoe Fetish Movement. Dot com and there's a contact page there that goes to uh, our Shoe Fetish Movement email. And so you can reach us that way and contact us for anything because we're also doing speaking events now, Alicia. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have to make sure that we, we get y'all um, back on uh, so we mm-hmm. can talk some more talk. We appreciate you guys. I know Tony mm-hmm. is so sorry that she was missing you guys, but oh. she's stuck in that New York too. traffic. Oh, oh so yeah, yeah. You guys back no, on, yeah. but she okay. appreciates you guys coming on to the show. Oh no, we appreciate you. the invitation, and we just yep. really we thank you, and we just want to invite all the sisters out there to put on their favorite shoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, just walk, you know, put one foot in front of the other and just step into that uh, shoe fetish movement and step into your purpose. We love you all, and uh, we thank you so much for the opportunity to share our stories with you guys. Thank you. Love you guys. Not a problem. We love you, too. We appreciate you guys. We're going to take a brief break, but if you're just tuning in, this is our chat. I am Miss Felicia, my right hand, and sometimes my left Left, the fabulous Latonia is on her way into the chat room. We're talking that talk today about women on the move. We just had two fabulous guests, Sharon Bennett and Patrice Moore, authors of Shoe Fetish, books one and two. If you missed that interview, no worries. Just head back and listen to our archives, or you can catch our archives on iTunes as well. So we're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with Leticia Action Jackson. I just wanna be, 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 I just
if it's necessary, necessary. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, feeling like I'm under an attack. Life pitching up, but I just wanna rap. Shit, I just want the racks. I just want the platform. I just want the plaques. I just wanna make it like Trey Tom's R.I.P. to the best like Trayvon. Necessary D, necessary my liaison. Told EP, give me something I can play on. I just wanna. Be groovy, bitch. Southside chick make groovy shit. I don't fuck with everybody, gotta choose a clip. Big quick fire, something like a Uzi clip. Still feeling like I'm going insane in a membrane. Dumb shit, tripping over thing that I can't change. So cast Tony, Tony, Tony said it ain't rain. Dark days coming to an end with a song, right? I work so hard, it's fucking my back up. Been on my job, getting my stacks up. Nigga talking down, but bitch, I'm back up. Bitches back up, turn this track up. I work so hard, it's fucking my back up. Been on my job, getting my stacks up. Nigga talking down, but bitch, I'm back up. Bitches back up, yeah, I just wanna be great. How are you? I am very well. How are you? 
I am can well. You... I am well. I wanted to yes, make sure can you hear could you. hear me. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Now, for everybody that does not know who Letitia Jackson Jackson is, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and why you chose um, to write your book. Well, I actually am the author of five women's health and wellness books. Um, I am a 2008 Fitness Olympian champion. I am a three-time NPC fitness champion. I have a master's degree in public health and, and health administration. I've traveled the world as one of the top athletes in my sport for the last eight years. Um, I love, love, love anything dealing with empowering women to become healthy. My very first book was entitled I'm Not a Size Zero. That book was birthed out of a domestic violence situation that I experienced. As I listened to the other wonderful ladies speak about healing and about the things that we as women do in order to cover our pain, for me, I was a perfectionist um, that was covering up rejection, abandonment, and a lot of other internal issues. But when I was 28 years old, I was in a domestic violence situation. When I removed myself from it, my first book entitled I'm Not a Size Zero I wrote that as a healing process to show women that regardless of how they look on the outside, media has done a really bad thing of teaching women and young girls that who you are is based on your appearance. And if anyone's had the opportunity Uh. to find, find me in any magazines, I've been ranked as one of the top bodies in the world. However, on the inside, I was not fit. So I'm not a size zero addressed not only the internal issues of women, but also the message is when you teach a woman to love herself, to begin to love her body and everything else. But it starts from within. So I've actually written five books. The latest book that I have written and was released August the 1st is entitled Changing the Norm, A Black Woman's Guide to Eating, Feeling, and Looking Her Best. The premise behind this book was to address both the social and cultural norms that really affect how African-American women see their bodies and see healthy living. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm so glad that you said that because I was at the gym. I have a trainer. I go to the trainer. And so it's this one particular uh, young lady that comes on my every, because I go three days a week. So she comes on my every other day. And let me tell y'all, the girl is, she's not big. She She's small. She Her stomach isn't big, you know, but she Every time I see her, she puts these weights on her stomach, and she does, like, those bridge lifts where you kind of lift your body up, and I can't understand why. And so I was just started looking around, and I just noticed that, you know, in society, there is an image issue just across the board um, that everybody is there. You have men grunting, and they got... 100-pound weights, and they dropping them down, and it's like they are really like, I don't want to say killing ourselves to be healthy, but it kind of seems like that. What do you think about that? I think that we live in a society that has been taught to focus on the external, and when I work with young girls, I and, and one of the things I, I first want to say that I, I have spent the last 16 years in fitness, and I often tell people, although my body is fit, there's so much more to me than just a fit body. And I, I think oftentimes we're very comfortable with, with, with titles 
and we're very comfortable with perceptions of people. And oftentimes when I speak to people, they say or, or they make the statement, wow, you're really nice. And I'll ask them, well, why would I not be nice? Well, look at your body or look at you. And I believe that we have done a disservice to ourselves, especially as women, because we focus so much on the outside that we fail to focus on the internal part of who we are. Now, we have to be very careful on that spectrum because I never want anyone to hear me believe that I'm not saying that you need to be healthy or fit. However, what I am saying is if you focus on the inside of who you are as a woman and you focus on the internal things, when you begin to love yourself and value yourself, you will no longer allow people, first of all, to put their hands on you. You won't dump poor foods in your body, and you won't allow people inside of your body because you value you. So I think what we have to do is stop putting so much emphasis on how it looks, but really tap into the reality of what's on the inside that's being portrayed on the outside. And when I, when I look at African-American women, and we look at the statistics for as diabetes, hypertension, obesity, compared to all of the races and ethnicities, we have the highest rates of all of these conditions. And I truly believe that the outside of our bodies is now, they're manifesting what's on the inside of us. And that could be unforgiveness. It could be rape. It could be molestation. Mm -hmm. It could be a lack of self-love. Mm -hmm. But it's easier to fix the outside than it is to fix the inside. Yes, exactly. I definitely agree with that. Now, when you were um, throughout your journey, because you you transitioned um, into writing your five books, but what was the hardest part about that transition into um, writing the book to be able to share with readers and pull them into uh, your work? I believe the first book that I wrote, I'm Not a Size Zero, about surrender. It was about taking ownership. It was about transparency. I believe because, once again, culture plays a huge emphasis on how we function throughout our lives. And being an African-American woman, we're often taught that, you know, you're strong. You're a strong black woman. That's something that we state very often. But behind that statement there's a lot of, of, of things that aren't being said. And, and in our culture, domestic violence, there's a stigma, just like mental illness in our culture. So for me, being successful, being educated, being what the world considered beautiful, it was the shame that was attached to the event. However, once I realized that when I became honest with myself first, and I allowed the Lord to heal me, and I began to forgive my ex-husband, God started sending other women to me that knew nothing about my story, but he knew what I had gone through. And when these women would come to me, they were coming to me because they saw my body. But God will sometimes use the outside to, to pull people in because it's a spirit that they're drawn to outside of the body. And once they would come to me and I would begin to share my story, they will begin to share their story. So it, it came with me acknowledging it, confronting it, and allowing God to transform it. Once I realized that I was not going to be anybody's victim, that although I experienced domestic violence, I was determined not to become bitter, and I was determined to allow me to look at me. And once I did that and owned up to my truth, I was able to write. And the words were fluid. The words were healing. And I believe the words that are on the page of that book, another woman may read it, and she resonates with it because it came from a, a broken place, but a place of honesty. 
Absolutely. You better talk that talk. I know that's right. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Now, I just want to switch gears a little bit um, because there are a lot of things that people try to do when they're trying to be healthy. Um, And we talked a little bit about this back in uh, June when we met, but I noticed that everybody wants to be vegetarian. Everybody wants to do this and everybody wants to do that. But when being healthy, um, how important is it um, to have those proteins and things of that nature and not kind of cut out uh, certain things that your body really, really needs? I had this conversation with someone the other day, and, and this is what I told her. There's too much information on the market And too often people are making money off of diets and diet fads. When we look at the health and wellness industry, it's a $50 billion a year industry. But then when you look at the correlation of people that are obese or overweight or who have health problems, there's not a linear correlation, meaning the amount of cells that these industries make is not anywhere near the amount of people that are healthy. A lot of these products and a lot of these things that people are seeing, it's for instantaneous fix. And so what happens is people are are inundated with try this, try this, this works. And there's even commercials out there that pop a pill, don't exercise, don't change your eating. And I believe we're selling people a false hope. But if we educate people and we teach them the basics of nutrition, if I teach somebody what a carbohydrate is, or what a protein is, or what a fat is, and how the body utilizes it, and the types that they're supposed to eat, and when they're supposed to eat it, I'm educating them to know the importance of food, and they don't have to go beyond that basics. So often people are cutting out food groups, and I've heard of grapefruit diets. I think last year there was an HCG diet where people were consuming 500 calories a day, Um, So people don't understand the science of food, and they don't understand how their bodies work. So to answer your question, it's about Mm -hmm. educating people and going back to the basics. It's about building a foundation. You don't build a house from the roof to the bottom. You build a house from the bottom to the top. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And it's funny because my trainer says that, too, because when we were doing our workups, I was like, okay, well, can we not doing this exercise and that exercise? And I'm like, well, I just want to exercise my stomach. He said, but you got to work your way there. You just can't jump in and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So you have to work your way there. And I think it is true that ways, uh, society, everything is quick, quick, quick. And we look at that in our health as well. Um, everything has to be right now, right now, right now. We have no patience um, when we're trying to, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say healthy, I'm going to say heal our bodies. Um, because a lot of times, a lot of different things that we get, a lot of these different diseases can be solved if we are doing things that help feed and heal our, our body and prevent those things from happening. What are some of the ways that you um, try and educate outside of your books um, to be able to show people and, and kind of let them know how to take care of themselves and the, and the ways they should take care of themselves. I do a lot of different public speakings. I have a passion for women. I do educate men as well, but my niche is for women. I recently did a workshop called Fit, Empowered, and Unstoppable, and the premise behind that work, the workshop was teaching women 
how to use exercise to really build not only their physical, but also their internal. And I believe when you're getting someone healthy, you have to go beyond just talking about nutrition and and, and healthy foods, because one of the things that we've noticed in the field of, of, I'm a public health officer for the Navy as well, and one of the things that I notice is that most of the chronic illnesses that we see is related to a person's lifestyle, and their lifestyle includes the stress mm-hmm. that they're under. Um, it includes the nutrition that they're on, they actually um, eat every day. But then also we have to look at genetics. A lot of times you'll hear someone ask you, well, what is your family history? So we have to, first of all, go back and, and give an understanding of what it means to be healthy. And healthy is not just merely the absence of someone not being sick, but it's them being mentally um, healthy, physically healthy, and spiritually healthy, and also socially healthy. So when I'm working with women getting them healthy, I don't just focus on nutrition. I do teach them that. But what good is teaching somebody about nutrition when they've got a lot of unforgiveness inside of them and the unforgiveness is manifesting itself as hypertension and now they're on medication and now they're having side effects. So if I can peel back Uh the layers of that person and deal with the root cause of their poor health, I can get them healthy. I definitely agree with that. And I want to do a fun question um, that we, we, I posed to our other two guests. If if you could have uh, a superpower, what superpower would that be? My superpower would be superimposed confidence in every young girl. I, I would go through and magically give every one of them a dose of confidence. Because when you teach a young girl to love herself, she grows up to do great things. I believe that the generation now, um, the generation X, they have more issues than I had and other women had growing up. And a lack of self-confidence affects everyone in their personal life and their professional life. Um, I think it's important that every single young girl realizes she's important. And she's not just important because of how she looks but she's important because God thought enough of her to make her. Absolutely, absolutely. This is Les Chat. I am Miss Felicia. You know my right hand is sometimes my left. Miss Tony is absent. She is in that New York traffic. We are talking that talk today with some fabulous women on the move. We have two fabulous guests. If you missed that first interview, no worries. Just hit the archives and listen to that. Right now we have Leticia Action Jackson. In the chat room, she is a wellness, a health and wellness coach. Um, if you have any questions for her, make sure you please press your ones so that we can bring you in to our conversation. Now, Leticia, when you when you were growing up, what were some of the things that? Um, well, you talked a little bit about that, but what were some of the things because you experienced that? You, when you look at, I, I don't know how to say the question because I know that my son is in high school, and I know that kids, I don't know what it is, but their their perception is so different um, from, I guess, adults or the real world. But they, they go through so many things that I don't think we can kind of wrap our minds around. So if you could go back and talk to your 16-year-old self, what are some of the things that you would tell yourself? Your 16-year-old self. 
I would tell my 16-year-old self that your worth will never be found in the things that you do. Your self-worth will never be found in your appearance. And your self-worth is never going to be dictated by somebody else. As a young girl, I grew up in a very, very solid family with a mother and father. And when we grow up, our, our family, our mom and dad are supposed to be that first touch of, of, a, of a foundation of security. And after my parents divorced and I was about 13 and my father left, I believe as a 13-year-old girl, I internalized that and believed if I were good enough, he would have stayed. So I would tell that 16-year-old girl that your father's leaving had nothing to do with you. Um, whether he stayed or left, you're still valuable. I went through a lot of internal issues. And, you know, even the young girls today, a lot of these young girls are very promiscuous, and a lot of them are just looking for love. So I would tell my 16-year-old self that my father was absent, but I always had God there. And I would tell my 16-year-old self, never go looking for a man to give you only what God can. Absolutely. You better talk that song. I know that's right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes. Well, Leticia, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come and just share your time, your space, and your journey with us. Before you head out of the chat room, I want to make sure you shout out all of your social media, your books, and where people can purchase them, and any events that you have coming up. Absolutely. You can find me on social media. Facebook is Letitia Jackson. On Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, it's Action Jackson PT, and PT stands for personal training. You may also stop by my website at Letitia actionjackson.com and I will be doing a 30 day changing the norm wellness challenge with blackdoctors.org so when you go onto Facebook type in 30 day um, hashtag changing the norm I've partnered with black doctors and as I said before my new book is entitled changing the norm I really want to create a, a platform for african-american women to start really talking about how do we see healthy living um, how do we see our bodies and how do we make sure that another one of us does not die from heart disease diabetes or obesity because it's, re it's really rampant in our culture so once again that's letitiaactionjackson.com website facebook is letitia jackson and pinterest instagram and also LinkedIn, Letitia Jackson. So thank you guys. And all of my books are available on my website. Click on Bookstore, and you're, they're available on Amazon Create Space. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're going to have to get you back into the chat room. We always do a mind, body, and soul segment, so we want to get you back in on that um, segment so that we can talk that talk about really getting into health, mind, body, soul, and spirit. We appreciate you. You are welcome back anytime. This is Let's Chat. I'm Miss Leisha. We're talking to talk about women on the move. We're going to take a brief break. And we will be back. Thank you. Have a healthy night.
man, I love the feel of this one. It sounds like wrong folks' music. It's way too smooth to abuse it. I'm glad I found this one to choose. I let the crew listen to approve it. It sounds like a lazy afternoon, dude. I order pepper steaks, Jamaican food. Hit the boulevard to go and pick it up. Got a new shorty trying to hit me up. And I'm still that squirrel trying to get a what? So I hit her back to set something up. And she said that she ain't really doing nothing. And I know that I ain't really doing nothing. So I'm like, let's do nothing together. And it could be like whatever. It's really like whatever. We just cruise like whatever. Top down like whatever. Drink BC Bond like whatever. Me and you like With nothing to do like whatever. It's really like whatever. I mean like whatever. It's like the queen stepped out the crib to die for. I try to play it off with my eyes for. With her hair and nails, let me get that door. She's just the kind of woman I've been looking for. Now she ride with me, with the top down. We listen to the same music on now. I tell her I love the dress you rockin'. And I know it's a hundred guys that's clockin'. But you ain't thinking about spending time with them. You riding around with me, the OG. With nothing to do, and nowhere to be, yeah. You weren't really doing nothing And I wasn't really doing nothing Now we both doing nothing together And it's really like whatever You know like whatever We just cruise like whatever. Top down like whatever. Drink BC by like whatever. Me and you like whatever. With nothing to do like whatever. It's really like whatever. I mean like whatever. It's like She smelling real good with the wind blowing Gotta split up a dress with a thigh showing Make a brother think about some other things Got me leaning back like a young king She look over and ask what I'm smiling about I tell her she might be one to turn me out She started laughing and called me crazy But she a bad lady, I ain't that crazy this girl got a look that's criminal And I'm wide awake, nothing subliminal Shorty knows she got her hooks in me Anytime you spend this time doing nothing Like a break at the job when you lunching Now we riding around doing nothing together And it's all gravy like whatever Just chilling like whatever We just cruise like whatever Top down like whatever Drink BC by like whatever me and you like With nothing to do like It's really like I mean like It's like You are now tuned in to the mother uh-uh greatest All right, all right, all right. We are, I am back, I am back. This is Les Chat. We're talking that talk about women on the move. That was New York Times bestselling author Omar Tyree. That is right. He is branching off and doing some awesome, awesome things, getting some music going. If you enjoyed that song, make sure you head over to omartyree.com and find out how to get 
that single. I'm not quite sure if it's out yet. I think he's putting it together, but I love that. I love that. I love that. We have our next guest. She is in the chat room, Alden Johnson. How are you? Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I thank you for sharing your time and your space. For all of those that don't know who you are, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Well, I'm a fantasy author. I just released my 11th book. It's a fantasy romance series. I'm also a photographer. I sell a lot of my photos online, and I'm a designer. And quite recently, I got my master's in publishing. It's my second master's, so I'm really happy about that one. So I have a master's in publishing and one in information and library science. And I'm really passionate about diversity in science fiction and fantasy. I'm really into the We Need Diverse book, Books movement because growing up, I didn't see any characters that were like me in fantasy and sci-fi books. And I had assumed that I couldn't write books like that because there just weren't any characters or authors like that. So I would like to write books that let people know that anyone can go on an adventure. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when you you said that, you just said that you did a master's in publishing. Tell us a little bit more about that and, and what school you decided to go to for that. Well, um, I got my master's from NYU, and it's just a course that teaches you all the um, the processes about going through the publishing industry from um, um, formatting a formatting a book, um, collecting manuscripts, editing manuscripts, um, social media marketing. It was just a really interesting in-depth dive of what goes on from a book when it's a manuscript and how to turn that manuscript into a actual print book and ebook and how to get that book into stores and into and onto Amazon and um, Barnes and Noble and Kobo. So I went into that because um, I've always been interested in just the publishing industry and in books in general. And I actually came across that by accident because I was going through a course at NYU for editing. And um, NYU CM sent me an email about, uh, about their masters in publishing, and I was just staring at it like I didn't even know that that was an option. And it just seemed so perfect right, right. for me. So I, I, um, I applied for the school and I got in. Absolutely, absolutely. I definitely uh, love that. There's not many people that that really, really, really uh, sharpen their craft and and be able to step into the industry with uh, really a 2020 vision about the industry. I think a lot of times the the understanding is lacked in the industry where people are doing things but they're not understanding what it is. I think that. When you have to know it, you know, because you know it, not necessarily because someone told you, but you have to know. And yeah. so when you become an author, you have to know what a publisher does and what they don't do. So that way it helps you better do what you have to do with the understanding, this is what my publisher, this is my publisher, this is what they do, this is what they don't do, and this is what I need. So they're not doing this. I need to find out who who does this. You know, people get literary agents, and, you know, they don't understand what they do. They don't know what uh, the difference between typesetting and formatting. Mm -hmm. They don't know 
they don't know the royalty policy for Amazon. And it's like you have to understand those things because that's your world. And even though you are signed to a publisher, I think that you should have an understanding of the self-publishing world because that's still your world. You have to understand how you're able to move and how you need to move in the industry. Um, you have so many people putting their books at 99 cents, and mm-hmm. you have um, the uh, Kindle Unlimited. What are your thoughts about Kindle Unlimited? Well, actually, I'm experimenting with that right now because in order to be on Kindle Unlimited, you have to be exclusively on Amazon. And a lot of authors don't really believe in being exclusive because it sort of limits them. So right now I have um, a few, three of my novellas. They're at two ninety nine. So I'm I'm having them now on Kindle Unlimited to to see how that does. But um, I don't really believe in like in going exclusive on Amazon because you're really limiting yourself. And I've actually seen for some of my book sales that I that I get a lot of book sales from iTunes or Kobo, and not necessarily just from Amazon. Absolutely. I definitely agree and understand that Um, because I think uh, I went to, recently I went to the BDSM Writers Con, which was in New York, and I also went to a romance uh, luncheon with romance authors, and it's so different. Even though the worlds are the same, it's just different genres, the world just seems so different at the same time. And I think that we, you don't know your audience, and you have to go where your audience is. A lot of people flock to Facebook, they flock to Twitter, they flock to Instagram, but that may not be your audience. If you are a romance author, you have to go where your audience is. You have to research where do people normally buy romance books. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you, you mentioned Kobo. There are a lot of authors that don't have their books on, on there because they don't have the understanding of what even their audience is. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of understanding your audience? Well, um, being a writer is very time-consuming, and then on top of that you have to market and if you try to market everywhere, then you're then you're wasting your time. And it, it just takes a whole lot of time to be on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest, especially if your audience isn't there. So you're pretty much stressing yourself out and spending all this time on Facebook, and then you're not getting any engagement because that's not where your audience hangs out. So it's important to understand where you need where your audience is and where you need to be so that you can spend your time and your money wisely because it's just it's so being on social media is a, is it can be really it's really fun but it's also really stressful so is you just need to prioritize where you should be spending most of your time I definitely agree with that now look um what did you do right um, in heading into the literary uh, world, but what is one of the things that you, you you feel that you did right and advice that you can give somebody that's just now coming in? I started, before I published my books, I was online. I was on Facebook. I was on Twitter. I was on blog, on a blog so that I had an established group of people that I can go to 
when I when I publish my books. And um, so I would encourage people to start a blog because I started my blog about five years ago, and it was really difficult because for a while it just seemed like I was talking to myself. But then after a while I started getting leads, and now I'm getting emails from people that say, I've read your blog. Would you consider featuring this book or will you review my book? So, yeah, that's one of the things. So starting a blog is one of the, one of the things that I did right because it, cre- it created a lot of leads down the line and it gave me a lot of content to show that I know what I'm talking about. I definitely agree with that. And what was the hardest part about your transition? Even though you went to school for publishing, you you have it's still a different world when you actually sit down to pen that book. So what was some of the what was the hardest part about you penning that book? Um, so when I finished writing, I had to format the book myself. I'm with a small press publisher, but I I do most of the book, the ebook formatting, the cover design. I do all that myself, mostly because I I think it's fun. But I actually had to teach myself how to do all that through InDesign and through um, uh, Adobe Photoshop, and it's really frustrating uploading a ebook onto Amazon if you don't format it properly because you can lose all your tabs or your spacings or your book can just come out in one big paragraph. And it took a while for me to figure out how to format my book properly and in design so that it'll come out looking the way I want I want it and Amazon or on the other um um book channels. So that was one thing and also a lot of writers they go out into the social media world to talk about to talk and they talk about writing, which is great, but it also attracts a lot of writers who are interested interested in what you want to hear, but they may not be interested in your book. So one of the biggest challenges I had was that I had had a lot of had a lot of followings, but they're mostly writers who weren't interested in my book. So when I released it, my book, no one bought it. So I had to redo my social media and my my brand platform so that I can attract people who would be interested in buying my books. That that's a jewel that you just dropped because so many people um, have that. You have so many authors that have a lot of authors on them on their page, and even though most readers. Uh, are most authors are readers, but you have some that they may support you by purchasing it, but they may not necessarily read it, yeah. or they vice versa, they may support you, but they may not read or buy it. So that is something that is so very true. Tell us a little bit about your story and what we can expect. Well, um, my for my books, I have a well, a couple. I usually try to release maybe three books a year. So I have one that's coming out soon. It's the third book in my Emerging World series. And the series is, generally the series is about these this unique and diverse family of people that pull energy from darkness. And it's about the struggles they go through as they try to survive in a world that pretty much doesn't like them and the world that's falling apart. So the third book in the series is going, is, diving deeper into these characters and their relationships with each other. 
and there are, you get to see more of the dynamics because they're spending a lot more time together because they're trying to find someplace safe to stay. And then there's this outside force that's, that's coming at them and is trying to tear tearing them apart from the inside out. So you get a lot of inner struggle as well. So that's, so that's one book that's coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned um, that you do three books a year. Can you talk about the importance of allowing people, because you have some authors that put a book out every month. You have some that put a book out every week. Can you talk just a little bit about the importance of allowing readers to chew and absorb your writing? Um, well, it it takes a lot of work to write a book. And I, and some people are really fast writers, but I would say don't just put your book out there because it takes because you and you have to go through a process, an editing process, a formatting process, a book cover process that really shouldn't be out there like in a week. And also readers will start to get fatigued because you're releasing a book, a full book every week. And there is really no anticipation. There's no build. There's no excitement. Like the readers, they get excited when their favorite book is coming out. And they pre-order the book, and then they, they interact with the authors. They talk with the authors. And there's just a lot of excitement about the, the their favorite author's next book coming out. But if you're releasing a book every week, then they then the where's the excitement? Where's the build? And you there's just there's a lot of time that goes into publishing a book and a lot of authors need to understand they need to understand all all the things that go into publishing a book so that they so that their finished product will be professional looking and that their audience will be pleased with what they're reading. I definitely, definitely agree with that. And a lot of times I, I think, especially, you know, as a, as a reader myself, I think that organization plays a big part. So in um, being a lot of authors, they get they get wrapped up in the writing. And there's more to being an author than just writing. Mm-hmm. It's also really about sharpening your craft. And part of your craft is communicating and being able to interact with your readers along with having organization, which I think is one of the most important parts uh, of writing because if everything is jumbled and all over the place in your head, it spills out into your writing. Mm-hmm. And readers can, they can feel that. They can sense that. They can see that. They feel it in your reading. They see it in your reading. It's kind of like, you know, when you watch a movie, you can tell when they ran out of money. <laughs> you know, you can tell because it's like, ooh, they rushed right here. Something was going on because what's all this? It's, it's just, it's really, really rushed then. And the readers can they can feel that they can sense that. So whether you're sending, you're you're outlining or you're doing a storyboard, a collage, heck, a summary, some little stickies. I think that organization is is the great is a great way to be able to kind of have a uh, organizational just idea of your book yeah. visually because I think it's kind of like putting together a puzzle. One part may not mm-hmm. fit here, but it may fit over here. Mm-hmm. But if you don't aren't looking at what what's in your mind and what your thought process is, how are you gonna know how to put it together? You know, 
I think. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about when you're getting your books? Do you write outlines? Do you make a forward? How do you organize your thoughts? I don't usually write an outline, but I have journals. So I just start writing, just writing stuff down to, you know, because when, when the story is in my head, it's all jumbled and I can't really make sense of it. But when I actually write stuff down, that's when the pieces start falling together and I can go, okay, this is how this is going to work and this is how this is going to work. So I, yeah, it's just, I, I just start writing down notes. And I also, it really helps because I, I really love Pinterest. So I go on Pinterest and I just create different boards for my settings. So I'm so for for instance right now I'm working on this one of my stories and it takes place in this made up country called Anisia. And I just created a Pinterest board for Anisia so that I can picture what the world looks like so that I can properly write it out. So it's just a matter of collecting images and organizing my thought process so that I can so I can fully understand the world and how the story is going to flow. Absolutely, absolutely. Now you said it's three books in the series, correct? Are you going to write a, a dish, another book in that series, or are you going to do um, just a whole different, go in a whole different direction with your next oh. book? Well, the, um, for this series, the Emerging World series, it's a four-book series, but I, but I plan to stay with this book for a while because my publisher has been giving me a lot of ideas for side stories. So, for instance, uh-huh, there uh-huh. are these two characters in the book who are they're they're pretty much in love in the story, but the but the story never goes into how they met or how they actually fell in love. So, I think it would be interesting to actually write a side story about these two characters, about how they met and how their relationship developed. So, yeah, I'm, so the, yeah, the book is for a series, but I plan on diving deeper into a lot of the characters' history. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we do appreciate you sharing your time, your space, um, and your energy with us here on the chat sharing your time, your space, and your knowledge with our listeners. We always have an abundance of listeners that are authors um, and publishers and uh, readers aspiring to be authors. So it was great to be able to have you on and for you to be able to share your knowledge as well. Now, before you leave out of the chat room, I want you to shout out your social media where everybody can um, get your work, where everybody can meet and greet and uh, interact with you, as well as any events or book signings you have coming up. Oh, well, thank you for having me. So you can find me on Instagram at Auden Johnson and Facebook at Auden Johnson. And I also have a blog called AudenSDarkTreasury.blogspot.com. And you can find most of my books on Amazon and also on AllBayLLC.com. Yes, make sure y'all go and get that. Um, I have my copy. I got we uh, met at the um, Harlem Book Fair, y'all. Let me tell y'all, she is so sweet and multi-talented. She <laughs> is. Well, not, she just dropped a few little things that she does. But she is so both covers everything. Make sure you shout out that information if if somebody is looking for a cover designer or a formatter or anything like that of services that you do as well. Yes. Yeah, so, um. So find yeah. Find me on allbayloc.com. 
And if you're interested in a book cover design, I've also gotten into animated book covers, which is combining videos and your book cover, which is really cool. So if anyone wants me to design an animated book cover, just email me at Auden, A-U-D-E-N, D. Johnson, at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. We thank you for sitting in the chat room and kicking it with me, Miss D. Leisha. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. Sorry that she was not able to come on. She got caught in that New York traffic, mm. but she is appreciative that you were able to come out and just be able to to share your time mm. and space. And I had a good time. Us. And you are welcome back anytime. Anytime when your next book four comes back, or when your book four is ready, and you want to come come back and just, or if you just want to sit and just say, I just got some things I want to say. No problem. <laughs> Just let me know, and we will always make a way for you to be in the chat room. All right. This is Let's Chat. I am Miss Alicia. We talked that talk with four fabulous authors today, Women on the Move. If you missed any of our show, that's okay. You can also check our archives on iTunes as well. Uh, you can also go to writingroyaltypromotions.com, and our archives are there as well. We appreciate you guys. We will see you guys next week. Have a safe, safe weekend, and I'm out.